Matthew chapter 24, we'll begin reading in verse 1. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him and called attention to, his, to its buildings. Do you see all these things? He asked, I tell you the truth, not one stone will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. And as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately tell us. They said, when this will happen and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. So you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will go cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in a whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. As we turn to the Lord in prayer for him to speak this morning, just ask that you bow your heads with me for a moment. As we get ready to pray for for him to meet us here, just want to see if there are those uh, today that you just are really looking for the Lord to do something in your life. Uh, you've come this morning hoping, maybe even expecting for him to do something, which most likely has absolutely nothing to do with the message. But I just have a sense that there's some that have come here this morning like that. I just want you to lift up your hand if you're one of those people. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. All right. Let's just pray. Father, I really have that sense that there are those here today that have come with a, a deep and important need, something um, that you want to meet them in whether it is that uh, you just want to let them know that you're here and that you're with them through it or that you are working and moving or that you're doing what they want. I, I certainly do not have your mind about this. Lord, I just know that they're just those who have come with burdens and I pray that you would begin by just lifting those burdens. Obviously, they want you to take care of them. But Lord, just to lift, to release some of the weight of that and recognize that you walk with them and carry not only their burdens, but you willingly carry them in times of need. So Lord, move as only you can. And we pray that you would move even in our time in your word. As we begin this series, in a sense, even today, more introductory kind of things that <clears throat> you just help us to, uh, I just pray that you would help each one to be able to grab a hold of this. So many times we don't want to go through the introduction of things. We just want to get right to it. But you have given some warnings, and I just pray today that we, you would help us open our eyes to see How perhaps our eyes have been clouded or even blinded in the past regarding end times. And help us to see you clearly and your word. Use it as a sword and pierce through today. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> amen. An introduction to the end, part one, you'll notice that you see the... Uh, it's 3 through 27. I encourage you to check out the rest of uh, Matthew chapter 24 as we move forward to it. Move forward next week. 
You know, it, it seems like we hear more and more about how the world is getting worse and worse. Anybody disagree that you're not hearing more and more about the world getting worse and worse? Uh, I mean, it's not just that, but disasters that are happening. It seems like they're getting greater and greater. And you're hearing Christians say more, uh, uh, Christians say, the end is here. Just look around, the end is here. But is that true? Can we see signs of the end times all around us? The disciples wanted to know that in this, what is called the Olivet Discourse, because it takes place on the Mount of Olives. I know that's, that's deep, not really. The disciples are looking down at the city, admiring the impressive of the buildings, especially the temple, not just the size, but all that it is. If you look in verse 1 here in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus left the temple and was walking away, and the disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. And he says, do you see all these things? I tell you the truth, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. Jesus is trying to give them some perspective here to get their eyes off of the earth that they're focused on. And now, wow, look at all this and to focus on the future kingdom. It's then that the disciples in verse 3 say, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him and said, tell us. They said, when will this happen? What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? They want to know. Disciples, uh, what will be the sign? And in fact, how does Jesus answer? He doesn't get right to, first of all, the sign. It's signs, plural. But he doesn't even get to that. That's not the first thing he says. What's going to be the sign or signs? And Jesus said, well, it's more than one. What are going to be the signs? No, no, no. Of primary importance, before we even talk about signs, about the end times, of primary importance, where we even get to that, just like we're starting right now before we get into the series and talk about rapture and all the rest of that stuff. Jesus tells us in verse 4, watch out. That no one deceives you. Instead of going right into talking about the signs, it says, watch out that no one deceives you. That no one deceives you about all these signs, about the end of the age, about my coming. You know, you want to know that, but here's the first thing you got to know. Is to watch out, to be careful, because you're going to be, you could be deceived about these kinds of things and led the wrong way. So many today are focused on looking for signs of the end times and they're going around without looking, in a sense, at the signs that the Word of God talks about. We're not ready for the return. Even though end-time prophecy experts and prophets are multiplying even within this last year. We are not ready. Even though they're calling out the signs, we are not ready because we are not watching out, being deceived. That's why we start this end-time series of 101, Get the Essential Issues to get a firm foundation down so that as we hear something, we can have some discernment about what's happening to actually do what Jesus said, to have that discernment, to be careful, to watch out. That should be the number one thing. Before you start looking at signs is, first of all, get your mindset straight. In a sense, to, to watch out for what we must be looking for. And we begin... By we need to grasp what we should be looking at regarding the end times. That's the first thing. We need to grasp what is it that we should be looking at. There's so many things happening around the world right now that people are picking out as signs of the end. Like this picture. Uh, you see that there? You see what's in the window? 15,000 bees were in this guy's car after he took a 10-minute stop at a supermarket in New Mexico. 
it must be the sign of the end. Stuff like this just doesn't happen. You know, uh, it, 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 stuff like this, how, how can this, uh, you know, it, it was honeybees swarming, a, go, a queen going off looking for another place to, to, to start the whole colony and picked his car. Now, that might make you think personally there's something going on that you better get. But when we start reading into all these things, oh, I just can't believe that. It's just incredible. That must be the end is here type of thing. We're missing it. There are bizarre things that people are looking at and thinking that the end is here. Uh, yes, things are bad, getting crazy. Look at what they're happening. But these are not the things Jesus said to look for. Watch out when people are saying these things. Uh, being told by other Christians, yeah, this is it. Oh, yeah, did you hear this? And this is, you know, how many remember Y2K? Oh, yes, I have a T-shirt. Uh, you have to wait. Uh, I, I forgot to bring it today, but maybe I can remember next week. You know, this T-shirt, all these things that people talking about, Y2K is going to be the end of the world as we know it. In fact, there was even, not it wasn't just in general, but there were Christians talking about how this is Bible prophecy being fulfilled and the end is here. Obviously, it was not. And obviously, it was not Bible prophecy being fulfilled, but they were just reading into their own interpretation with their speculation. Yes, things going on right now may seem worse than ever. And we think about what's happening in the world. I mean, it was just last year when we first started with the coronavirus. This is the plague. This is it. This is the end is here. Now, I know not everybody was saying it, but there were those saying that, even within, quote, Christian realms. This is God's judgment to destroy the world. The plagues are being poured out. But even if things seem worse than they've ever been, is that really true? Since most of us have not lived forever here. You know, I mean, some of us have lived a long time, but not that long. I mean, can you imagine what people thought back in the days of the Black Plague, the Black Death, that wiped out entire towns after town after town? And somebody talking about what's going on with Corona and all this being the plague, the end, the end is here. What are we looking at? We need to watch out and think through and be careful about this stuff. Spend so much time looking at what's going on around us that we're not taking time to look closely at the word of God in front of us and what he says to look at. Instead of watching out for the end times, it, it, we're, we're ending up being deceived with all this talk out there in the Christian world mixed in with fads instead of facts. In the Christian world, we hear speculation instead of interpretation of God's word. So much of our, our, our beliefs about end times actually are, are coming from things outside of the word of God. We don't realize it, but we have just kind of just taken it outside of the word of God because of some book we read, some movie we saw, some picture about the end times that we think. I mean, the same thing happens, I'm just thinking about it right now, the same thing happens with people with Christmas, you know? We have uh, Jesus coming that first Christmas, and there are some things that we just have is, that's really what happened. Mary rode a donkey. There were three wise men, only three. I, you know, because that's the songs we sang, because that's the pictures we saw. Instead of getting into the actual word of God, what does it see? Let me give you an example when we talk about the, the end times. Here's a, 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 another picture. The lion. You know, as we think about the coming kingdom, the lion will lay down with the lamb. How many have heard that? The lion will lay down with the lamb. Hallelujah. Except it's not in God's word. It's not there. It's in songs. It's in pictures like this and so many others. Here's what is in God's word. 
Isaiah 11, 6 to 7. And the wolf will dwell at the lamb. And the leopard will lie down with the young goat and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. There's a calf, a young lion, a young lion and a fatling together, not lying down together, but there's not a lion and lamb and a little boy will lead them. Oh, surely there's other places where it talks about this because the lion and the lamb will lay down forever. That's what it says. You know, okay, yeah, there is another one that talks about a lion. Isaiah 65, 25, the wolf and the lamb will graze together and the lion will eat straw like an ox. It does not say the lion will lay down with the lamb. It's interesting. Regarding this, I I saw a discussion thread among supposed Christians that were many Christians and uh, you know, learned Christians, and they're like, oh, I, 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 I didn't realize that, I didn't realize this, that they took it out of the Bible. They changed the Bible, you know? They, 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 they changed, and not only all the English Bibles got changed, they took the whole lion and lamb out and put this wolf thing in here because, you know, and there's all kinds of conspiracy theories of why they did that, but they, they took it out of there and they took it out of the, not just the English Bibles, but the, the foreign ones have it. In fact, the Bible that I thought I've had laying here in my house for all this time, somehow they came and changed it. You know, I don't know. They they were almost like saying that something broke into my house and rewrote everything. It, it just want to we want to believe all these things instead of looking at what is the truth of the word of God. Now, we could say that there is a sense that the truth that that what is trying to be portrayed in the lion laying down with the lamb is a a truth in the word of God as far as that goes because I, I guess you would say the the hunter with dinner together or the predator with the prey the wolf although if we go back the wolf and the lamb will graze together here and say they're lying down it's not specifically what they say, but there's that principle that in that kingdom to come, they will be together, the predator and prey, in peace. And say, well, then, then, then that's, that's basically the same thing as a lion and a lamb. And we open ourselves up to a generalization of truth that ultimately we just see it as we want to see it, as something has been said getting our teaching from popular sources instead of literally from the word of God. So, and we said, well, what's what's the big deal? It's just, it's just a minor thing. It's not a minor thing if we're not correctly handling the word of God. It's not minor to ignore a specific truth of the word of God or to change it or to add to it and say, well, this is a general truth that's there. That erodes not only the authority, but the inerrancy of the word of God and nothing then we believe, do we know what it is, what we're hearing or for what we could see in the word of God? How many other minor things are like that, that we've taken, just like I mentioned about Christmas? And if we have those many minor things all around, how do they add up? In fact, are there major things that we have in our minds that have been put there some other way than through the word of God that need to watch out for, as Jesus says, so that you don't be deceived to not be deceived i'm not talking here about debatable doctrinal differences that people have had after years and years of study i'm talking about things that just aren't true that we just accept but we don't look look for a discernment Instead, we go to places like the internet and social media and podcasts, YouTube, other Christian, quote, TV sources, and get what we believe there instead of from the Word of God. In a sense, we're not watching out for what we should be watching for. We're consumed with the preoccupation of figuring out the signs of the times, what we're seeing right now. 
we got to keep in mind that this looking for the signs that so many people are talking about, we've got to watch out. Because even though we say, well, the disciples asked for it, yeah, but so did the Pharisees. He replied, Jesus replied, when evening comes, you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red. You said in the morning, today it will be stormy for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. You see, there are some looking for signs that Jesus is not so thrilled about. Looking for the seeking these signs more than seeking the Savior. And check that there are questions that the Bible is not answering on purpose. But we are still trying to make up answers for. Some of these people that we're listening to are making up answers for things that the Bible itself does not answer on purpose. We'll get to one a little bit later here this morning. Do we really understand what prophecy, even this whole prophecy, somebody talks about prophecy, the word they're throwing it around nowadays, prophecy, prophecy. Prophecy is about foretelling the future, but prophecy is just as much about forth-telling. You hear me, F-O-R-T-H, forth-telling as it is foretelling. Telling forth God's truth that he wants to be brought across to us. There's something God wants to get, communicating a message from God of foretelling. So when somebody says that the Bible is full of prophecy, yes, it's full of prophecy. Much of it is forthtelling. Um, there is much that is foretelling, but much of that which is foretelling the future is the Bible is really foretelling that which has already taken place. Much that it, it was at that time for that prophet foretelling in the future, in his near future, something was just going to happen. Here's what's going to happen, and it's going to happen. Just watch. And then there were things that prophets spoke of that said, this is what's going to happen, and it has already happened, like is as in all the prophecies about Jesus' first coming. We know, we, we were just talking about Christmas, we know about all those prophecies about Jesus that, that being showing that he really is the Messiah, the Christ. He is the one. We know all those, and, but those, while they are prophecy, they are prophecies and foretelling that has already been fulfilled in Jesus' first coming. So that leaves a much smaller section left in the Bible of prophecy that is about the future from us now. We need to watch out for what we're hearing. So watch out. So are we in the last days? Well, let's look at the scriptures. In the past, in Hebrews chapter 1, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he also made the universe. Yes, we're in the last days because the Bible tells me so. In these last days, we're here. We can say that the end is near and getting nearer still, but the end is not here. Not yet. We need to watch out for those who are trying to tell us the end is here. Well, we should be looking at what Jesus is saying. Think about it this way. There's a sense that the people in the time of the Gospels missed the coming of Christ, the first coming, right? They, they missed that. There was so much that was said in the word of God about Christ. Jesus fulfilled an unbelievable amount of prophecies. He really was to show that he was the Savior. He was the Messiah that was come. But they missed it. They missed those verses or, or misinterpreted them altogether. We want to be ready for a, a second coming, to not miss his coming again and not make the same mistakes that they did when Jesus came the first time. But what are we looking at? What are we looking for? 
in all our time, uh, end times fascination, we spend time looking at the news and, and not enough time looking at what God's word says. We spend a lot of time looking at what's going on around us instead of what's in here. Because think about it. God's people, when Jesus came that first time, God's people, they were looking around at a time where things were bad. And think about the Jewish people. Things were bad. Things were not good. It, it was, it was uh, hard. The sin and evil seemed to be ruling the day as the Romans ruled over them with an iron fist. They were looking for God to bring the freedom, but they were looking at everything and what was going on around them and what they, the signs they wanted to see or the signs they wanted to see based on what was going on around them instead of looking at the Word of God and they would have seen that the sign of Jesus coming was clear and the virgin will be with child, etc., etc., etc. But they missed it looking at the situation around them instead of looking for the Savior. Second thing we need to look at, what Jesus said to look at regarding the end time. To look at what Jesus said to look at. Let's move on in our passage in Matthew chapter 24. In verse 6. You will hear of rumor, wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still not to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. We're looking for these signs. The end is here. Just think about for a moment Jesus' disciples. Those who were still alive... Uh, on the earth when war. Yeah, this is this, what we just read. It was, there was going to be wars and rumors of war. Think about Jesus' disciples when war hit Jerusalem in A.D. 66 to 73. Part of that time, within that time in A.D. 70, the destruction of the temple that Jesus just talked about here took place. The end is here. We just look at what we're seeing and this, look at this war that is just surrounding us and, and all this happening and then the temple being destroyed. The end has come. But it was not. There was still something yet. We focus on this thing that we're seeing in front of us. Don't, don't misunderstand. There should still be a sense of anticipation. Jesus could come back at any moment, but there also needs to be a sense of discernment in this. Wars and rumors of war. You know, uh, that whole thinking of the end times again came when Israel became a nation and the whole six-day war in 1967, setting up a, a, an end times end game, so to speak. The end was here. Again, it must be. We look around at other countries and the hostile attitudes and the and how it seems that the nuclear capabilities today, well, the, the end's going to come and we're going to have a nuclear destruction. And yet, how much more was that the thought back in the Cold War when everybody was ready to start pushing the buttons and talking about it? Our perspective of what we see versus the perspective of history and what's been seen, is this really the end is here? We need to watch out when something dramatic happens and, and points the end is here. Uh, even as we're talking about wars and, and rumors of wars. Think about people, uh, what people thought about when World War I took place, the Great War. There have been wars and rumors of wars before that. But something bigger and wider than, than World War I? No. This was it. In fact, World War I was called the war to end all wars. And for many, it was the end. This was the sign of the end is here. But then World War I was done and then came World War II. Do you grasp what I'm saying? 
that we get off track interpreting our end times prophecy and just what we're trying to see right here and not keeping the perspective and having some discernment that's taking place because those things that are happening right in front of us just seem larger than life they seem like they are they are this is this is it this is it you know i'm standing right in front of this thing it's huge but if i go back there uh, and i can see all the way through to the gym if i go all the way back to the gym it's no longer so big we need the discernment and the perspective of the word of god to help us as we're thinking about the end times as we're talking about the end times and what goes on to step back and watch out that we're not deceived as well in in verse 7 it talked about earthquakes and and we have that thoughts how how many of us think you know earthquakes obviously have increased and and i I just hear about them all the time the magnitudes seem to have gotten larger and you'll hear prophecy experts talking about that and saying that and yet is it true is it true just because our news coverage picks it up all across the world we hear or are we hearing about it more are there those who are, are just trying to whip up a frenzy about the end is here what are the official sources that have not no uh nothing to gain one way or the other by what they say i mean think about it. if we went by what we hear and see in the news we would be saying that these signs are getting greater and greater not just the wars and everything but the earthquakes floods fires tornadoes natural disasters surely this is the end of the times i mean just just all you have to do is watch the news or read a newspaper but let's take a moment and think about this again use some discernment first off are we really going by what we hear and see in the news the same news that we accuse of being over-dramatized and sensationalized and not always telling the whole truth. But when it comes to these kind of things about the end times, well, they got that right. Shouldn't we have some discernment all across the board on that? Are we listening to self-proclaimed prophets and experts who are, who are spinning the news in the, the way they want so you to think about it? Looking around us in the present day news instead of the good news of the word of God and what he's trying to tell us in all of this. So, so am I saying that these signs of the end times is, is here, uh, that, that there are none and it is not about this. And am I cutting down all end times talk? No, that's not what I'm getting at. But in a sense, that is what Jesus is getting at here. See, in these verses, especially these first verses that we're looking at, it will be different when we look at the other ones. There's a different thing happening. But what does Jesus say? Verse 8. All these things will be the beginning of birth pains. This that we see when we think of wars and rumors of wars and all these and earthquakes and all these other things is not the beginning of the end. It's the beginning of what will lead up to the end. It is the the beginning of the birth pain. Jesus says, listen, these things, look at at verse 6. Such things, in the middle, you will hear wars, rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed, for such things must happen. But the end is still to come. You see, all this stuff that is being put out there to us that the end is here jesus is saying these are things where the end is not yet come the end is not here yet you'll hear about wars you'll get these things all these bad things all this stuff's going to happen but you know what it's not here yet that's what jesus himself is saying in these words the signs, yes, they will come in a, that these kind of things will come in a greater quantity and quality, just like a, you think about the uh, birth pains. We hear, but when we hear about another war on the horizon or how it seems like there's a whole bunch of nations, they're going to come together, oh, we're going to have this great big war. Uh, those things are going to happen, Jesus said. They're birth pains. They're not the sign that the end is here. 
In fact, the whole point, Jesus is saying that wars and rumors of wars, all this kind of stuff should not alarm us because it's not yet. So he says right here, you know, and, and I know that I, I can be saying this to some people today and they're like, oh, whatever, you know, kind of goes in one ear out the other because I heard so-and-so said this or so-and-so is talking about how this is a sign and this guy is in this. Well, you know, what is Jesus saying? This is not about my words. What are his words right here? Is somebody setting off alarm and saying the end is here? We got to start asking ourselves when Jesus says this is not the end yet. Could it be somebody leading not only to false fears, but false prophecy themselves? Now, that doesn't mean that there isn't a war to end all wars coming. There is. At the end of time, Jesus will ride down out of heaven and take over. But there are things that need to happen before that is going to happen. And what we're looking at with wars and rumors of wars is not going to be the sign of that, not yet. There's still birth pains to happen. There's still some things to happen before we get to the very end. But make sure we understand this. There is nothing that needs to take place yet for Christ to come back for his people in the rapture. We'll talk about that. There's a difference here. We're talking about the end of time and all that's coming and the destruction of everything versus Christ coming back. There are things that need to happen before the end comes, but there is nothing that needs to happen before Jesus comes. At any moment, imminent, soon, and very soon. You know, one of the statements I'm making here and trying to get across in this message is what Jesus, I believe, is trying to be saying here is not that the end is here, but the end is near. And there is a difference between those two statements. The end is near, not just the end is here. Unfortunately, some hear the other thing. is here and and we will look at those signs next week we'll talk more about that in the rest of chapter 24 finally we need to stop looking at what we should not be looking for regarding end times see before we start getting into looking at end times 101 we need to not look for what we should not be looking for i know that kind of sounds like a duh but as you'll find out people don't still don't get it We have no idea how long this labor process, so to speak, is going to be. Yet there are those claiming to point out and predict every detail of the end times and what's going to happen in the actual time that is going to happen. Declaring not just time, but timelines and this and watch out for this. And and you know what? Yes, Jesus' return will be certain and a surprise. But there are certain things we should just not be looking for. We need to watch out. The first words Jesus said in verse 4, watch out that you are not deceived. And my concern is among the church, many are being deceived by those who are either Christians that are themselves deceived or are deceivers. But they seem so legitimate. Like those who are setting those dates and times. What's going on? All right, I have uh, some papers here. I'm gonna. I I'm not very good. I have very poor fine motor coordination. I feel failed that. All right, I'm I'm just trying to go through, let you see how many different pages I've got here. By the way, this is not the rest. I mean, I actually am going through this in the message, but I'm not reading everything in here. So, hallelujah, right? Oh. Okay. So, all of these that I have, all of this, these pages, deal with those who said when Jesus was coming back. All the way back. All the way back. All of the, this is just a list of people and people within the church, quote, even, quote, Christians, some were not really, 
would say when it's coming back. I mean, it goes all the way back to 300, 400, 500. Uh, there's a number of them that predicted Jesus would return this year. And those, uh, one of the predictions was based on the dimensions of Noah's ark. That's how it was figured out. And this is the way, you know, all good Christians. There's uh, Joachim of Fior in the 1200s to 1260 determined the millennium would begin at 1200. Uh, well, it didn't happen. So a little bit later when it got into the 1300s and all the predictions failed, guess what? They rescheduled it. Uh, to be at the end of the 1200s into the 1300s. You know, that just kind of happened. Uh, there's a theme that those kind of things happen. But there's people that maybe you wouldn't even think and under realize that made some things that said. So not everyone is necessarily a false prophet or false teacher, but they are teaching things that were false. Christopher Columbus is on this list. Now, I didn't go and investigate it, but within the, quote, a book of prophecies of Christopher Columbus uh, and, and things that he said way back when. You got you got other ones like the uh, William Miller, a Baptist preacher, uh, uh, March twenty first, eighteen forty four, predicted Jesus' return on that day, uh, and of, you know, and and of course Christ didn't return on that day, uh, on March twenty first. So the Millerites, as they would call them, I don't know if they were called or they called themselves, uh, they they moved the prediction to October twenty second of that year, came in claiming to have miscalculated scripture, realizing the predictions were incorrect. Uh, and so they waited in October. And then not just waited. People left their jobs, sold all their possessions in their home, and were there waiting. By the way, it was called the Great Disappointment. Can you imagine why? Uh, it, uh, it, it, it goes on throughout the centuries. At the beginning, I mean, there were those like, uh, Herbert Armstrong, Worldwide Church of God, at one time just a, a, a cult or the Jehovah's Witness cult and what's going on. But you got other ones beyond that. I mean, we got 1800s, 19, you know, we go, we go, let's, let's go into 1900s. Oh, I love this one because I have this book. There's a book put out and was being passed out by so many Christians. And, and actually, I don't even want to say Christians because, uh, uh, well, let me tell you what it was. First of all, and some of you probably heard it, 88 reasons why the rapture will be in 88. And not just in 88, but September 11th or September 13th of 1988 was when the rapture was going to take place by Edgar Wisnett. The little booklet given by what at least by what seemed like mature, solid Christians who grew up in Christian homes, who are part of leadership in churches. Oh, by the way, obviously it was wrong. So when his prediction in 1980 fell, guess what? He revised them to 89 reasons why Jesus is coming in 89. Okay? You know? These things continue. It's just we continue to not well. It to me doesn't seem that long ago. 2011, Harold Camping. Remember those predictions? 1994, 95. Predicted that the rapture, devastating earthquakes, would happen on May 21st, 2011. That God would take three percent of the world's population to heaven. The end of the world would occur five months later on October 21st. Again, there, there were people whose, whose parents, they grew up in godly homes and knew all this stuff. And the parents were just saying, yes, this is what it is. And buying into it and talking about it and trying to put it out there to everybody. You need to get ready. Of course, when his original prediction failed, guess what? Uh, the, the spiritual judgment took place instead. Instead of just kind of revamping of when and all that, is that, well, it did take place, but a spiritual judgment, a spiritual earthquake took place. And so I was really right. Now, I know these are wild examples and say we never fall for it. But what I've been saying is there were those who I knew who were respected in that, not necessarily in, in the churches I was at, but respected in the Christian community around who were a part of this. Leaving without the discernment to think through, they weren't watching out 
and, and, and what they were hearing and what they were, were seeing. It, it was being convinced because of these things that somebody was said. I mean, sometimes we get convinced that some, well, this person's saying it. And, and you know what? I, it must be, I, I think it could be something to this because I've heard it somewhere else. Could it be that the somewhere else you've heard it is also a wrong source? Could it be that somewhere else you heard it is from some popular thing instead of actual word of God? If we've got something that we've never heard before, this thing, this new way of looking at things and revealing and opening up, oh, open up the word of God first. And what it's saying to know for certain. It's ironic end times prophecy is talking about false prophets increasing and yet it seems like there's plenty. Even now, those trying to talk about the end times. Now I know that, and, and they get it wrong and they've gotten it wrong. These end time prophets uh, within the last year and, and maybe you've not heard or read any of them, good for you, don't. Because many of them are just, uh, they're popular. Everybody's, look how many hits they got. Look how many watching the show and all this kind of thing. And they're completely independent and not accountable to anyone. And, and there's some people say, well, that's the way it should be. They should only be accountable to God. You know, that's the way the prophets, that's what they're going to do. Well, not completely true. There is an accountability for prophets. Uh, obviously, when we think about this, you know, the, the whole hell camp, all these others, well, this is what they said. What did Jesus say? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons the Father has fixed his own authority. Now, brothers and sisters, about end times and days do not need to write to you, for you know very well the day or the hour will come like a thief in the night. We recognize this. Recognize what Jesus said, even in Matthew 24, he says, you will not know the day or the time. Later on, uh, we didn't read that verse, but later on in chapter 24. So, is there accountability? Here's Deuteronomy chapter 18. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, is to be put to death. Now, no, we're not doing that, and I'm not suggesting that we're doing that. Okay? I just want to bring about the seriousness of those who are claiming this and how God looks at this. To just say, well, whatever, is not the way to act. You may say to yourselves, how can we know when a message has not been spoken by the Lord? If what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken presumptuously, so do not be alarmed. I'm telling you, there are prophets that are speaking presumptuously today. Do not be alarmed. Actually, I'm not telling you that. God is right here. False prophets, predictions of the return of Christ, causes damage to the credibility of Christ and to Christians all over. Leading people off the path and pushing people away from the path to see Jesus the world is already skeptical about all this stuff and the miraculous of Christ and, and what we talk about. And then these kind of things happen and these kind of things are said. And the mocking continues to then to take place that the Bible talks about in Second Peter. The mocking about the end times is just fed by Christians who are not using discernment and watching out that they're not deceived. It's important that we realize I'm not talking about the end is near. Yes, it is. But those who are saying the end is here. So what do we do? Just as we think about this, what, what in all of this, how do we wrap this up? And in fact, I ask the worship team to come on up. How do we wrap all this up? Let's just... Look at verse 14 in Matthew chapter 24. In this gospel, the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. 
in all of the signs that are talked about, one of the signs that we can actually take part of, one of the signs that is a part of what needs to take place before Jesus comes is that we tell others about Jesus. That we be a part of bringing that kingdom and that king back. That we're a part of that. That's what he's asked. Whether or not doomsday is here, whether the end is going to happen tomorrow, we have a, a, a fair idea. But the people around us who do not know Jesus Christ, their doomsday could happen today. It could be the end. That could be the end. No one knows. Your personal doomsday, your personal end time. Which is why we have been given a mandate to go into all the world. To go and make disciples of all nations. And in so doing, we actually become a part of the sign of the end of time. According to Jesus here, 14. Father, help us in this. Help us to practice discernment, to watch out what we hear, even as we begin, to build a firm foundation that is upon your word and not upon the word of others or what we hear in popular songs or pictures and all these kind of things. But Lord, you have told us when to know when the end is here and the many of the things we're looking at it's not. And so I just pray that you'd help us to see you clearly, to hear your voice. Because we know that your coming is near at any moment, even right now. And while we may look forward to that, Lord, there are those who are not ready for that end or any end of their life. Help us to join you, to bring you back, King Jesus, your kingdom here by us sharing the good news of you in your name.